Ambrosia Carey is a master hairstylist, salon owner, and leading educator. She has discovered the methods and tools it takes to be truly successful in the salon as a business consultant in the beauty industry. So Ambrosia, welcome to the pod. You mentioned your breakthrough when you were behind the chair where it all just sort of clicked. Can you give me a little bit of background and insight? Like, What was that moment like for you? Where were you at personally? Where were you wanting to head professionally? It was literally a single story, actually. I had a woman that came in to see me in the salon at the kind of the very end of the day, super last minute, you know, even though I had white on my books and I was wide open, um, you know, a lot of stylists had this negative connotation that if somebody got into them last minute, that they, for some reason, were not going to retain them as a client. And so therefore there was a little bit of like pushback with uh, last minute clients that got into the books. So for me, I really wanted to kind of get to know this person. And interestingly, I connected with this person on such a deep level because um, she and I had like a similar story and she was also a single mom and we had the best time talking together. Um, But I was truly wanting to make her feel like she could do anything. You know, Mm. it was almost like I had put my own fears of what I wanted for myself Mm. and I used her as like a living, breathing person. So um, not to get like too deep with it, but it was a moment where I started just handling my service differently. Interesting. I wasn't focusing on the technique. It wasn't like, oh, she's just coming in for a haircut. I'm going to trim those ends and add a little bit of layering and send her on her merry way. It transformed into something completely different. I got to know her on a deeper level. We started talking about her family and we kind of started talking about how her hair was able to, because she was going in for an interview. So I didn't say that part. Okay. She was going into an interview. She was really nervous about the interview. And a lot of things that she was saying was like speaking the fears that I had of myself out loud. Wow. And I felt the need to almost defend it in her honor because it was almost like a psychological thing for me too. It was like self-healing. And I wasn't really necessarily making it about the haircut, but the haircut is what transformed how she was going to feel when she did that interview. Totally. And I've even read this before that when you get your hair done, you typically interview better or you take tests better. It just helps with your confidence level. It's totally psychological though. So like sometimes you need to transform the outside in order to transform the inside too. And so the, both of this healing was going on at the same time while we're doing this haircut. And even though I didn't do anything mind-blowing with the haircut itself, what was interesting is that that started the relationship behind the chair with this person that was able to cultivate other relationships. You know, She was starting to refer her friends to me. She was starting to refer her family to me. Wow. I wasn't even asking for it. And it was one of those things that just became so easy because I started utilizing these tips that I've been like sharing with other hairstylists about marketing yourself to the right people. You're connecting with the right people and it simply becomes easier and you don't have to focus on the technique as much. Mm-hmm. Trust that your technique is great, that you're really good at what you do, but understand that your technique only gets you so far. What makes you irreplaceable is that relationship where you can connect on a deeper level. And that's what we did that day. That's what I did from then on out. It was that easy. It really wasn't anything that I had to implement or uh, strategically place together or look at my numbers and start, you know, carrying the one and just like worrying about that stuff. It was more about the relationship. And it's always been that way from then on out. 
So after that moment, was it always up from there? I think no matter where someone is in their career, if they're not surrounded by somebody who can be like a cheerleader or support, and then they also don't have a mentor in their life, that can be really hard to grow on your own. So from then on, I've made a decision like, okay, when I get to this place where I feel like I'm stuck, then I have to start reaching out to other people. Even outside of our industry, we don't need to always stay in our own little bubble. It's nice to like actually bridge outside of that. And yes, I've gone through hardships because if you have financial gain in one area, then you might have not emotional gain in another area. Good point. And if you're focusing on the business, then maybe you're not taking care of your health as much. And so there's always that kind of like paradigm where we have to like shift our weight a little bit back and forth and you can't have it all. And um, so even though I may on the outside look successful, um, like I don't sleep very well and I don't get the exercise that I know I need. And um, I'm not always putting my diet first. And so there are some things that I have to pull myself back and be like, this isn't an emergency. None of this is an emergency. We have to take care of ourselves. Yeah. And that that is something that I will constantly struggle with probably for the rest of my life, honestly, because I only have one speed and I have a heavy foot. I just put you know the pedal to the metal. <laughs> and even though it can be great because you get stuff done, it also like I have to keep in mind that I don't want to run over other people while I'm doing it. Good point. And um, those people could be my family. They could be, you know, my my daughter that, you know, I want to make time for her too. So the busier I got, the more successful I got, I, I guess I would say, be careful with what you wish for and just keep in mind, none of this is an emergency. Um, that if something doesn't feel right, just listen to your gut more than anything and understand that even if you make more money, you might be sacrificing something else. And so I think it's just good to check in with yourself. And if you don't feel supported, then it's time to have growth in other areas. Growth doesn't always mean it's growing outward. It may be growing upward. And then at some point you have to stop and then start to work on the outward stuff. So I don't know. It's been a constant evolution, I guess I would say with that. There's a cool um, story behind Oryx. So I uh, wound up at a dinner party one night and I met this woman who um, she was looking to close her door. She was really frustrated. She had another really big walkout and she just didn't know what she wanted to do with the salon space. And even though she had been pouring her heart and passion into it, she just said, I don't know if I have it in me anymore. I don't know if I can do another round. Mm. And so she really wanted to sell the salon. And I was like, hmm, I don't know that I'm interested in opening up my own salon. I don't know that I'm interested in buying the salon from you, but... Let's talk about what can happen maybe if we did a partnership. Okay. Because you know your side of things, but it was a little scary, right? I mean, you're like running into a burning building. Mm-hmm. I already knew they were in the red. And so I guess the part that I learned from this process is that number one, if you're ever going to join a partnership, um, like any partnership, you know, maybe go on a couple of dates before you actually buy <laughs> before you actually marry one another. Yes. Um <laughs> And sometimes going with your gut is great, but then also just, I think looking at the numbers is also important if you're going to buy into a business. And then I think the other thing is having order of operations. If you're going to have a partner, then you're responsible for specific parts and your partner might be responsible for others. Mm. So that was some of the stuff that we learned along the way. But one thing I will say is that through this growth, part of growing is passing the baton onto other people who are growing. Mm -hmm. And so by me elevating other educators and by me elevating other team members in the salon and other stylists and saying like, I know that you're going to take the best care of Kelly because you've got her retouch on and you've been an apprentice with me for over a year. 
you've been doing this, you've got this. Mm -hmm. And then I get to visit Kelly when she's sitting in the chair. I love that. I love to be able to still see my clients. But one of the things I had to give is I I had to relinquish some of that. Sure. I couldn't double and triple book and be behind the chair every single day. So I'm behind the chair three days a week now. I do plan on shifting to two days a week next year and so on and so forth. And it's very possible that I may just be available for my swan clients is what I call them, like my elite clients that I've built like really great relationships with and I may close my books. Mm -hmm. Um, But for now, I do have a studio space that I work into privately that I do curation. Okay, I do go into the salon on Mondays when I want a video shoot. Mm -hmm. So I do time block and time blocking has just been like a part of my life. And I think it's really important to do that to maintain your sanity and to be able to maintain that cadence. Yeah, (laughs) because um, there was a time where I took on too many things. I said yes to too many things. Mm -hmm. And that can lead to burnout. It can lead to resentment. It can lead to even, I don't know, I've seen people get almost depressed over it because they're shaming themselves because they should feel so grateful to have opportunities, but then they don't feel good in that space. Yeah. So I think it's important to time block. And one of those things that I do to time block is I give myself vacations and I truly unplug. Okay. So by doing that, you just have to really be organized, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I sacrifice sleep. Yes, I do it. I'm admitting it to all of you guys, because I want you to understand <laughs> that I'm willing to do that. I wake up at 6 a.m. every morning, even if I don't have to get up. That's the time that I go into emails. I respond to things. I start building out some things that I'm working on. And that gives me the time to be able to focus on that. And I feel so good in that. Yeah, I hate getting up in the morning. I really, I loathe it. But (laughs) the reason why I do it is because I discovered that I was probably doubly, I was like twice the amount of productive in the morning as I am in the evenings. Wow. And so in the evenings, when I'm feeling exhausted and I'm staring at a blank page, that's the cursor is just sitting there and I don't know what to type out. Yeah, I know it's time to shut it down. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to shut it down. I'll get back to it in the morning. So I've gotten better at listening to myself when I'm like on versus off. Okay. And when I'm off, I got to just shut down and enjoy that time. So I'm kind of like saying it to myself just as much as you guys right now. That's great advice. You're right. Because you said you only have one speed. I do. Yeah. So how did you get connected with the fine folks over at Trust? Really, the truth of it is that when I bought into the salon, I already mentioned to you guys, we were majorly in the red and it was a scary, scary time. And I knew how to successfully build up my chair, but that didn't mean that I knew how to run a successful business. Those are two very different things. Yeah. It also meant that I didn't know how to bring the right hairstylist in and I wanted to do it with thought and intention. Okay. So at least that part I did know. At least I entered the salon being fully booked with a wait list. Okay. I knew that that at least could float us. At least I did know how to bring in the right type of clients because I kind of was able to apply the marketing side. So that worked for my benefit in the salon space. But the tricky part was like, how do I find those people? Mm -hmm. You know, what's the process that goes into it? So some of that was really difficult. And there were a lot of very quiet days. There were a lot of lonely days in there. And so in the very beginning of that process, I started to get more interactive on social media. And at that time, you know, seven, eight years ago, Instagram was still fairly new. There weren't a lot of people using it. Mm -hmm. And again, that did work to my advantage because I started teaching that future hairstylist. I was like, my dream hairstylist is going to see this and they're going to see that I'm in Portland. I'm going to use all the tags and the geotags and hashtags and they're going to find us. And I'm not going to have to do any cold calling, any searching. I'm not going to have to go bang on people's doors. I'm not going to have to do any of that icky stuff where 
people slide into DMs and try to like recruit them. I'm not gonna have to go on LinkedIn, none of this stuff. So I just started doing like social media marketing basically. Okay. And by teaching other people, then I had the the awareness of brands. And truthfully, honestly, what really where the where the sauce is, what really makes this like extra spicy and what makes this like a really great relationship is making sure that you're aligning with brands who could feel like an extension of you. They have to be like your friend. Mm -hmm. That is the secret non-secret, you guys. Mm -hmm. We work way too hard on getting more people on our chair before asking, what are we giving to those who are there now? Good point. We want more partnerships without asking, well, what are we doing with the partnerships we have today? Sometimes just going deeper with our partnerships instead of trying to get more and more more is where that long-lasting partnership can happen, but also how you can have more responsibility with it. You can really grow with that line because they trust you and you've built that relationship. So again, the theme of today is all about building those relationships and maintaining them. That's really what's going to make you truly successful, but also not make you have to work so hard at getting new business all the time. Yeah. You did start an academy. What was the goal and the intent behind it? Yeah. So it's called Successful Stylist Academy. That started in 2020, a pandemic. Okay. Um, I probably don't have to remind any of you guys what happened, <laughs> but I was lined up to go on tour. Okay. I had six cities lined up and I was educating about every weekend. I had it in the back of my mind that I wanted to offer digital education in some form or another. Mm -hmm. And that's where Successful Stylist Academy birthed. So in 2020, I started recording everything that I was doing in person and I released some courses. Okay. So when I released those courses, they did well, but I wasn't super happy with them because I was battling back and forth with this technical on the digital scale. Okay. And doing a technical beginning to end process digitally, it's great to show that. It's really hard because then you don't get to see what the person's hands are doing. You don't get to see what their body is doing and the mechanics of that. And there's only so much you can do digitally. Yeah. So I decided to stay in my lane and my source of power, what feeds my passion and fuel. And I removed hair from it entirely. Okay. And that felt really weird for me. Yeah. Definitely got imposter syndrome with it. But then I realized how many people were having a hard time with the internal part, having a hard time with creating the business plan and like even understanding what their brand is versus the salon's brand mm. and coming up with a marketing strategy. And so I'm like, no, I'm going to go all in with this. I'm going to help people with creating a strategy that works for them, how to market themselves, diversify their income, yeah. how to have freedom and flexibility in their schedule. I'm going to show people how to do the internal part of it. And so that's what Successful Stylist Academy has been about. We're now a team of six. Wow. Uh, we have pop-up events now. So I'm really excited. We have our, we had our very first event here in Portland, Oregon, where I live. Okay. Um, we have Grand Junction, Colorado coming up in May, uh, May 21st. And we have a pop-up event there. It's called Growing Green. It's a play on words. Growing green is all about sustainability in your business, but it's all about making that green. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then Calgary, Canada is coming in September. Oh, wow. And so, yeah, I'm excited about it. I just want to keep bringing this and coming alongside other people, showcasing other people's talent. Um, I'm showing up doing kind of the, the non-sexy side of the industry, which is the marketing and business side. Uh, I've got a co-collaborator, uh, Bobby, who also handles the financial side. Drea handles the uh, presentation skills and organizational side. 
And so we kind of have like a done with you and a done for you. Some people have a hard time with the systems and like really understanding. Some people even have a hard time opening a Google Doc. Mm -hmm. No shame. I get it. And so if you don't have time for that, we have kind of integrated like a done for you side where we help build out the decks and help you with creating your own education or help you with supporting your team and the role within that and kind of passing that torch, the things that I've learned. So yeah, that's where Successful Stylist Academy has been all about. And I'm excited for kind of some stuff that's coming down the pipeline that I can't really speak about yet because it hasn't been official. But once it is, I'll be shouting it from the rooftop. So I'm excited to keep growing with that. That's amazing. Um, So you're obviously, you know, we don't want to give away all of your secrets, but what are some of the most important things that stylists can learn in the academy? So we do have a successful hairstylist course. Okay. And that does not have anything to do with hair. It has to do with all the components of your consultation, pre-booking, how to get referrals, um, even understanding referral systems, retail strategy, um, talking about how to do things without feeling like you're selling add-on services. So all the components that kind of go into the structure of the day for the hairstylist. Okay, That's for those who are really trying to build up their books or they're trying to get to a place where they actually have a wait list so that they can create freedom for their schedule in the future. So there's that side of the course. The other side of the course is the marketing side. And again, no hair. It's all about the systems and the approach that you would put your business into. That can be anything from setting up your policies to following through to email marketing to uh, digital marketing to empowering your team and how they can kind of help with that side of it too. Um, Affiliate marketing, like we talk about different forms of marketing and we even go like old school, like just the most bread and butter way of marketing yourself, which is how do you market yourself in person and do it in a way that feels like right for you. Yeah. So that's social marketing mastery. Okay. So those two courses are the big, bigger courses. And then we have a third course that has kind of like right in the middle, we offer hair techniques that are um, really about uh, efficiency in the salon. Okay. So we want to uncover ways to get from point A to B in a faster way and a more time efficient way. It's not a matter of like, well, can you do the haircut? It's more like, can you do the haircut and you know, 40 minutes or 30 minutes sure. and still have some time to take some photos or clean up your station or get a bite to eat between your clients? So it's showing people how to be most efficient with their time. And then we do round it out at the very end. Uh, we call it unplug because it's literally a conversation that Dre and I are having in my living room. We're sitting on my couch and we're talking about social media mindset and the side to your business that goes into the conversation. So we have those three courses available. And so we're really trying to walk somebody through the journey of the internal side more so because we've got amazing people out there that are educating digitally that are going into the technical side. Sure. And I know that's an easy sell because people are like, well, I just want to get better at my craft. Yeah. But part of getting better at your craft is being a stronger communicator. How do you listen? Active versus inactive listening, that sort of thing. You know, just body language. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you properly consult with somebody? How do you pre-book? How do you talk about uncomfortable subjects? How do you talk about your pricing? All those things that really go into making sure that your business is working for you rather than the other way around. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what Successful Stylist Academy is about. And really, that's where our focus is going to be moving forward is we want to bring in people who are already good with the technical stuff as guests. And we want to focus on the marketing side. So that's what we offer course-wise inside. 
Got it. Amazing. So you said that your mission is to impact 1 million small businesses in seven years. Do you see yourself hitting that goal? Because it sounds like a heck of a goal. <laughs> I know, it's a really meaty goal. I know I'm ready really to roll up my sleeves and chop this up in a little piece as well. Um, as of yet, I would say if we continue with this cadence, we probably won't hit the 1 million mark. But with that said, um, we have a lot of, I mean, with our pop-up events happening, um, getting stronger with our online education yeah. between what we're offering for free and what we're offering to others. And we have an initiative where we want to go inside of beauty schools. And so that's part of the plan is, as well, having little mini series with that, cool. helping people from the very beginning and just like focusing on like, well, how do you interview? What should you be looking for in the salon space that you need to be in? And really setting them up for success before they actually get their license, right? Like really in the process of it. Yeah. And so I love this challenge. And the reason why seven years is because that's when I officially retire. Got it. Um, I've projected and I've really put a lot of time into my investments and um all my portfolios, the way that things are looking in seven years, I'll be retired and I'm literally looking for places in Portugal. Wow. I'm saying this out loud because it's happening. I'm going to make this happen. I know. Fabulous. Yeah. We've got some investment properties. And so I'm excited about that next phase of life. And I think that's the important piece. Like I said, is like when you pass that torch on and have an exit strategy in mind, otherwise you're just working for today and it's okay to work for today, mm -hmm. but let today feed you tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And so that's really what I want to get to the bottom of. And I really hope to impact that many people. And if anything, maybe that legacy gets to continue and I can pass the torch to someone else within an SSA. And that's the reason why I don't want to have just my name attached to it. Sure. My goal is to have SSA. I want people to not even know that I'm associated with the Successful Stylist Academy. That's when I know it's doing really well. Yeah. So in one of your Instagram posts, you talk about salon interviews and how to nail one. Um, I feel like this isn't discussed enough or trained on enough in our industry. What are some of the most important things as a new stylist or any stylist should do when they think about that salon interview? Oh, I love this. <laughs> I love that you asked this question. Okay. So this is something that I'm really passionate about. And I talk about this actually when I go inside beauty schools. I want hairstylists to keep in mind that they are interviewing the salon. Mm -hmm. It's not the other way around. The salon's not interviewing you. You have to understand you have a lot more power in you. And who you say yes to, who you decide to marry is really important. Yeah. So I want you to make sure that when you go into that salon, don't look around at all the pretty things. Look at how people are treating each other. Mm. Has somebody greeted you? Do you feel good in the space? Do you feel inspired before you leave? And don't just go the one time. Ask if you can come back. See what the response is. Okay. You know, it's interesting because it's really excited to get excited about something. Yeah. But then what happens on the other side of it, you know? Mm -hmm. So there has to be more of a journey that people can take you on. And they have to be able to provide a lot of things to you in order for you to commit to that growth. You just spent all this money and time in beauty school. You deserve to have that next place be something that can take you on a progressive journey. Okay. It can't just be some place where you're just going and you're a provider and you're doing something. That is the fastest way to kill your soul. Yeah, good point. <laughs> I hate to say it so dramatically, but it really is. So make sure that when you're going in that you are interviewing the salon, not the other way around. Okay. That's amazing. What's your point of view on the industry? Do you have a soapbox that you're standing on? Um, is there something we need to do better at as an industry or, or where are we excelling? I think we can limit ourselves a little bit into feeling like, you know, okay, we're providers, we're artists, you know, we're in customer care or whatever. We're mm -hmm. 
we're there to take care of the client. But I want to encourage people to just think of that as icing on the cake. We're all in business, regardless if you work for somebody or for yourself. We are. I mean, we're if you didn't have the clients that come to see you, the clients come to see you. They don't come to see anybody else. So we're all in a business. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what's really challenging for me right now is seeing that there is a division happening where people feel like there's a right or wrong way of doing things. Okay. And I want to encourage people to live a little bit more in the gray and just be open to what is coming their way and not think that there is a bad or a right or a wrong way of handling their business. There are so many ways of handling your business. Are you kidding me? I've met so many people that do things completely opposite and it's gone really, really well for them. So I just want to encourage people to not think that they have to have their retention at a certain number okay. or they have to have... You know, I don't want them to think that their profit margin needs to be in a certain uh, place. That's really limiting and restricting because if your profit is high, then what's being sacrificed on the other end? Yeah. So it has to be right for you. Um, I think same thing goes when it comes to retail. There's a division right now where people are saying like, get rid of the retail, sell everything online, use only affiliate links. Why does it have to be black and white? Why does it have to be one and the other? Why can't it be both? Mm-hmm. So I'm just asking people to live in the gray a little bit or live in the colored world where we, we love color. Let's <laughs> be colorful. Let's not be black and white. All right. Ambrosia, tell everybody where they can find you on the socials, on the dot coms. Um, I'm Ambrosia Carey everywhere. So that's not going to be hard to find me. Um, so if you just look up AmbrosiaCarey.com or on Instagram or TikTok, any of that stuff, you'll find me there. Um, I am just... I. I'm here for you. Really. I honestly am here for you. And if I don't have any answers for you, I have lots of friends I can refer to you. So I just don't want people to ever feel like they're alone in their journey. I talk to people all the time that are on the verge of giving up Mm -hmm. or breaking up with their salon or walking away or quitting. And I don't want ever anyone to exit the industry on those terms. I want them to exit the industry because it's something that feels good and is right or has helped them get to the next place of life for them. So yeah, reach out to me for anything. It doesn't mean that you have to purchase anything from me. Just really, I am a sounding board and I'm here for a reason. And I want to connect with you guys and help you out. That's amazing. How lovely. I say, take her up on it, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Take me up on it. Thank you so much for your time today. It was lovely getting to know you. Congrats on your success and all of the amazing things that you have going on. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's a Tease Media production. This episode was produced by Monica Hickey and Madeline Hickey. Brian Daly is our editor and audio engineer. Thank you to our creative team for putting together the graphics for this episode.